Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Take your Bible, go with me to 2 Chronicles, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, uh, and uh, I, I want to read a verse out of here, 2 Chronicles chapter number 7 tonight, and um, we'll look at um, a simple little thought right here out of 2 Chronicles chapter number 7 um, for just a few minutes tonight. Amen. Boy, I appreciate the Lord. Uh, and uh, I thank God for answering prayers the way that He has been. Um, uh, you know, I, sometimes we pray and um, we wonder if God hears us. Have you ever been there before? Um, is, is God hearing my prayers? And um, I tell you what, um, uh, there's been a few times over the last few months, um, we've been, man, I've been, I've been really praying hard um, for somebody to get saved. And uh, there's been a few times over the past few months for Josh, I'm just wondering, does God even hear me? Is God hearing my prayers? And uh, boy, I sure am thankful this weekend um, that we've seen that God does hear and answer prayers. Amen. Matter of fact, they came back in on the van this afternoon uh, and uh, I come running out of the house. I had a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on, just a pair of socks and I seen them turn in and uh, I heard them turn in. That brown band, since they stole the catalytic converter off of it. We just had a straight pipe put on it. You can hear it coming, praise God. And uh, it sounds good too, man. It's got a good sounding motor in it. But anyway, uh, I run down there and I told Brother Josh and Miss Kayla and Brother Aaron about one getting saved this morning. And uh, man, we just rejoiced out there in the parking lot together. And uh, the Lord sure is good to us. Amen. I appreciate him tonight. And uh, I love him tonight. I don't know about you, but I love him tonight. Amen. And uh, the reason and that I can love him is because he first loved me. Amen. And uh, I didn't deserve the love of God. You didn't deserve the love of God. But I sure am thankful for the love of God tonight. Amen. And I'm glad that he chose to look through the scope of time. And, and even though um, he knew what we would do, I believe that in all of my heart. God knew the way that we would mistreat him, the times that we would miss the mark. And uh, you know what? It's real easy to get on fire for God. Now, it's real easy to get on fire for God, but it's real hard to stay on fire for God. It's real hard to continue as I preach this morning, uh, um, but the Lord even knows that when we don't continue, uh, that He still loves us. Amen, and I'm thankful for that. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word at 628. You give me about 20 or 25 minutes and we'll go home tonight. Second Chronicles chapter number 7. Look with me in verse number one. I don't know about anybody else, but this weather's got me messed up. I don't know whether to turn the heat on or the air on right now. And, um, uh, man, it's crazy, isn't it? And um, it's supposed to be 75 degrees before uh, by, by Wednesday. And you say, are you complaining about that? Yeah, it's deer season. It's supposed to be cold. And um, this cold weather is messing them up, this cold, hot, cold, hot. And um, I, I, I hunt out of a box stand, so there ain't no air stirring in there. When it's 75 degrees, you ain't going to do nothing but sit there and sweat, even if you're little and skinny like I am. Um, so y'all pray that it gets cold this week. Isn't that right, Miss Christie? No. 
Now, I know Miss Vicky don't want it to get cold this week. And uh, pray, pray for Miss Vicky. She has to live with Brother Tim. No, pray for Miss Vicky's mama. Uh, there's a possibility that she may have to have a major surgery this week. They're not sure on that yet um, because of her being sick. But if she's able to do that, that's going to be a big surgery. And uh, do pray for her and pray that the Lord would help her. Amen. Look with me, Second Chronicles 7, look in verse number 1. Whenever we go to Second Chronicles 7, our mind automatically goes to verse 14, does it not? That's just, if you've been in church any time at long, um, your mind goes to verse 14 that says this, uh, um, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin uh, and will heal their land. And boy, that is a good verse tonight. Usually that's the verse that we go to whenever we're going to preach on revival. But I want you to look in verse number 1 tonight. The Bible said in 2 Chronicles 7, 1, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord. I like that right there. Filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because uh, the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down uh, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground uh, upon the pavement and worshiped uh, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And boy, is that not true tonight. Amen. It says in verse number 4, Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. Lord, I love you tonight. I pray, God, over the next few minutes, Lord, that you'd help us tonight as we look into your word. I pray, God, that we get understanding from it, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd give us clarity of mind tonight and clarity of speech tonight. God, Lord, may we get encouragement from your word. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Look with me back in verse number one. If you underline in your Bible, uh, there's four words that I'd like for you to underline. The Bible said, now when, here's the first one, Solomon uh, had made an end of, here's the second one, praying. Uh, the fire, that's the third one, came down from heaven. Uh, the fourth one is, and consumed uh, the burnt offering and the sacrifices. Now, I told you four, but there's five. Uh, and the number five, glory of the Lord, filled the house. Solomon praying, fire consumed, glory. And I want to take that verse tonight, and I want to preach on this thought for just a little while. God's plan for revival. God's plan for revival. Now, I've said this over the last little bit. I'm praying that God would give us revival again here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Now, I'm not talking about just, a, uh, we've got Brother Caudill coming in just a few weeks, and there's no doubt he's going to do great preaching. We're going to have great services. Uh, uh, but that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God settling in in our midst uh, every time we walk in the church house. Uh, can I say something to you tonight? We can have revival. 
revival uh, every time we come to church. Uh, revival is not necessarily people uh, being saved. Matter of fact, if you study the word revival out, it means revive. And I thought, well, what does revive mean? And revive means this, uh, to bring back to the consciousness uh, of life, to bring back to the consciousness uh, of life. Revival uh, is about the children of God uh, getting on fire for God one more time. It's not necessarily people being saved. Uh, revival is the church uh, getting right with God. And when the church gets right with God, guess what? People People will be saved. Amen. That people will be saved. I want you to look at two or three things by way of introduction. The evidence of true revival can be seen in the first 11 verses of our text tonight. Note this in verse 1 through 3, they are shouting to the Lord. Note what he said in the latter portion of verse at number 3. They bowed themselves with their head or with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Can I say something to you tonight? That's still true. Well, let me say it again. I don't have plans on preaching long, but I might need to. That is still true today. For the Lord is good to us. Amen. For the Lord, he is good, and his mercy endureth. Amen. And they're praising God. They are shouting in the first three verses. Why are they shouting? Because the glory of God has filled the place where they're at. I want to say this to you tonight. I sure wish the glory would sweep through one more time and fill our church. You that knows what I'm saying, knows what I'm saying. There's nothing like going to the house of God when the glory of God fills the house of God. They're shouting in the first three verses. In verse 4 and 5, they're sacrificing. <laughs> I figure I'd get no amens right there. They're sacrificing. Look what happened in verse number 4. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifice. Look in verse number 5. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen. Watch this. The first time I read that, I had to go back and read it again. Y'all are not getting it. 20 and 2,000. Miss Stephanie, am I reading that right? 20 and 2. Now, that's 22,000. Now, at y'all's house, that might not be a big number, but at the Barker household, that's a big number. Think about the sacrifice that he's making here. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Now, is that not what it says? And a hundred. And 20,000 sheep. And you know what? That's a bloody mess. That's a bloody mess. 
You know what they was doing? They was making sacrifice to the Lord. Hear me and hear me well. When God moves in your heart and God stirs you, you know what it'll make you do? It'll make you sacrifice some things. It, well, number three, watch this. They're singing in verse number six. In verse number seven and eight, there he is serving. There he offered burnt offerings in verse number seven. They began to serve the Lord. Boy, I will tell you something, when we get in his glory, when we get around where he's at, when we start realizing just how good God is to us, man, it makes me want to serve him. Watch this in verse number 9 through 11. There is satisfaction. The Bible said in verse number 10, the latter portion of it, glad and merry in the heart for the goodness that the Lord had showed unto David. You know what they was? They was satisfaction uh, that comes from that. There's never been no other time that I was more satisfied than when I was in the presence of God uh, serving the Lord, doing what God wanted me to do. Amen. Satisfaction comes from revival. I thought about this. Brother Ramsey, you understand what I'm saying right here. There's sometimes you preach and you just go home. But there's sometimes you preach and you know God's got in it, and the glory of God is failed, and man, the altars fill up, and you still just go home. But when you get home, you're so wound up, you can't go to sleep. Why? Because you're satisfied from being in the glory of God and serving God and making sacrifice for God. Some of you singers sitting here tonight will understand this. There's been times that you've sung and people said amen. But then there's been times that you've sung and God allowed you to usher the glory into the service. Are you with me? God allowed you to usher the glory into the service. There's been numerous times that we've went home and I've looked at Miss Leslie and I said, hey, you know what? Such and such sung the glory down tonight. That was the key to the service. They escorted the glory in tonight. And boy, it's satisfying when we serve the Lord. But I'm not going to preach on any of that. Here's what I want to preach on tonight. Out of verse number one, God's plan for revival. That's just all evidence of revival. Well, how do we have revival? Where does revival come from? Here's God's plan for us having revival. I want you to note two or three things, four or five or 12 or 15, and we'll go home. Number one, you know how many. I told you how many words to underline. Number one, I want you to see the person of revival. The person of revival. Know what your Bible said. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying. There is the person of revival in this text. It's Solomon. God uses people. That should excite us tonight. God uses people. I just give an illustration about people singing the glory down. I'll never forget. I'll never forget on Monday night of youth camp 2016. I'll never forget that night. We had prayed. We had fasted and prayed. 
Matter of fact, the beginning of 2016, we had had that meeting here that broke out. And boys, we was going into youth camp. Matter of fact, the Saturday night before youth camp started on Monday night, there was over 50 of us met and prayed together for God to do something unusual in 2016. And boy, he did. Matter of fact, if you want to read about it, let me know. We done a book on that. I've got numerous of those books over at my office, and I'll give you one on the Foothills Revival. It talks about how all of that came about. And I'll never forget that night. Jeremiah, Lydia, and a guy named Bradley, he sung with them on, on Friday night, got up to sing. And they sung that song about send the rain. Send the rain. And boy, when they started singing that song, it started getting cloudy. It started get if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. It started getting cloudy at youth camp. Tuesday morning, man, we went back into service. It was the same way by Tuesday night. It had already broke out, and five weeks later, five weeks later, 209 people had got saved. We was running an average of 17 to 1,800 in the night services underneath the tent. Boy, it was amazing what God done. Now, I want you to hear me. What if they had sung a different song that Monday night? That's the reason it's so important when you're singing to pray about what God wants you to sing. Not just, amen, not just get up and sing any old song, but man, you get a hold of the horns of the altar and you pray, God, use me. God, bless me. God, help me to glorify you. God uses people. The, the person of revival, it was Solomon here, may be a testimony that God uses, may be a message that God uses. It may be someone getting right that God uses. It may be someone getting saved that God uses. I remember the old timers would say it this way. Are you the one that's holding the key to revival? Are you the one? But Charles and Miss Gay, y'all probably remember hearing the old timers years ago saying, are you the one that's holding the key to revival? Are you the one? Are you the one that needs to get saved? Are you the one that needs to get right? Are you the one that's harboring bitterness? And because of that, we're not having revival. You can hold the key to revival. And I want to echo what they're saying tonight and say this, are you the one? Are you the one? Have you got aught with anybody in this room tonight? Boy, it's getting quiet now. God uses people. There's the person of revival. Boy, I've seen it. I've seen it in so many services. Man, it be tight. It be bound down. And all of a sudden, they may be three or four or ten or twelve in the altar, but all of a sudden one person break out and go to the altar. And man, Brother Ramsey, as soon as they leave their pew, you can feel the whole service break and the whole atmosphere in the church change. Why? Because somebody was holding the key to revival. Boy, I've been sitting, y'all, hey, I, I'll give you an illustration. 2016, Friday night, I've got the video if you want to see it. 2016 on Friday night of that meeting here at our church. 
on that Friday night, there was a guy named Shannon. What's Shannon's last name? Spell. Shannon, the, that, that building over there was packed. At, there's probably 400 people in it. It's packed. There's people sitting in the choir. There's people sitting on the platform. We had uh, uh, chairs all out next to the altar. People would stand up and fold their chairs up for people to go to the altar. And Shannon stood up in a pair of bibbed overhauls and a T-shirt and said, I believe the Lord wants me to sing a song. And I thought, oh, no. I'm just being honest, okay? I, I'm just, you've been there, haven't you? Oh, no. This is, it's fixing to go south. And I was sitting about this close to the pulpit because that's literally how packed the platform was. And Red looked over at me and looked right back at him, looked at me like, what do you want me to do? He was moderating the service because he's fixing to preach. And he looked right back at him and he said, well, sing. And I thought, time out. We didn't talk about this. And he said, okay. And Shannon broke into singing. And for the next hour and a half, the church went into orbit. Y'all remember that? Went into, I'm telling I've got the video. I'll show it to you after service. Went into orbit. They were shouting. They was running the aisles. They were standing on the pew shouting. There's people in the altar getting saved and getting right with God. Why? Because an old country boy that nobody knew decided, you know what? I'm just going to obey God. And there was a preacher, not me. There was a preacher had enough God to let him. <laughs> I don't know what I'd have done. God had the right person in the right place at the right time. You say, preach, what are you saying? God uses people. There's the person of revival. There's a, who was it prayed fire down from heaven? It was Elijah. Elijah's one that prayed fire down from heaven. Ah, boy, I, I, we could go on and on. The person of revival. Number two, the prerequisite for revival. I, that man get killed. Anybody lose a pocket knife? Good. I'm going to kill a stink bug with it. I ain't going to stab myself with it because it's one of them custom ones. It's got a flathead screwdriver on the end, but I don't think it's supposed to be that way. What are we preaching about? Revival. Number two, the prerequisite for revival. What's the next word I ask you to underline? Now, when Solomon had made an end of praying. That's where every bit of it comes from. That's where every bit of it comes from. It comes from praying. I'll ask you a question. How's your prayer life? And I know I've been preaching some on praying and fasting and praying, but how's our prayer life tonight? I, can I say something to you? Prayer is a channel of penance, confessing our sins to God. But it's also a channel of petition. It's asking God to send the rain. It's asking God to send revival. He said in his word, we have not because we ask not. Maybe the reason we're not having revival is because we're not asking for revival. Today, and, 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 and I very seldom say anything like this because it's not very seldom that we do it, but today 
Leslie and I went up on the mountain at a place that I pray at. Matter of fact, uh, I, 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 I'm trying to think. I think besides Miss Leslie, Brother Heath is the only person that's ever been up there with me to this exact place. It's way back off the beaten path and... We got in a Jeep and rode up there and rode right back in there and then hiked back in there some more ways where you couldn't get down to where it's at. And uh, I've took Brother Heath up there with me. Brother Ryan Hayes has been up there with me before um, after he left the church. But anyway, we went up there and prayed a while. And one of the things that we prayed for was for God to save the people that's been visiting the church that's lost. We prayed for some of your loved ones that could quite possibly be lost. We called their names out to God, and, and boy, I'm praying that God saves them, amen. I'm praying that God hangs them out over hell. I'm praying that God makes them miserable. I'm praying God takes their appetite away from them. I'm praying, God, amen, I'm praying God takes their sleep away from them. And then we also prayed for God to send revival to our church. There's the, the, there's the person of revival, but there's the prerequisite. If we're going to have revival church, we've got to pray. Watch this, number three. There's the person of revival. There's the prerequisite of revival. But number three, there's the proof of revival. There's the proof of revival. I, I like to see proof. Are you, I like to see proof of what's going on. There is a proof of revival. What did the Bible say? It said, now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. The fire. Could you imagine being on Mount Carmel that day? Boy, I've tried to think about that. Brother Blake, I've tried to go there in my mind. Elijah praying and the fire of God literally falling from heaven and licking the water up and the rocks. I've seen a bunch of fire, Brother Mac. I've been on a bunch of woods fires. I, 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 I remember um, years ago, not this past time, but before that, the one before that, when Sirtown Mountain burned and several of us was on the strike team for Forestry Service in, spent a lot of time up there and, and was around a lot of hot fire, but it never burnt the rocks up. But it did when Elijah prayed the fire of God down out of heaven. You see, the fire of God will do things that's humanly impossible. You see, when the fire of God falls, when revival falls, there'll be no question about who brought it. We'll know it's God. There's the proof of it. Fire is cleansing. It searches, but fire is contagious. Guess what? Fire spreads. Fire spreads right now. It's a very dry time. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but it's a very dry time. And right now is a very high risk uh, for forest fires and woods fires. Uh, and you know what happens? As a matter of fact, it's happened in our county this past week. It starts as a grass fire and spreads to something else. And it even this week caught a building on fire in our area that started from that. Uh, and you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying fire is contagious. Uh, you know what happens when the fire of God falls? Uh, uh, there'll be those that starts to come in. Uh, uh, they'll say, boy, we heard uh, uh, God is doing something. Uh, and boy, the more that comes, uh, it's the more that can be saved. Amen. The proof of it. Watch this, number four. I'm going to hurry. The, number four. Number four, the price of revival. 
the price of revival. What did he say? He said, the fire came down from heaven and what's the next word? Consumed. Consumed. You see, revival will cost us something. There's the price of revival. It consumed. I I thought about this and and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but revival will cost us time. The price of it, it'll cost us time. Cost us time praying. It'll cost us time in the scriptures. It's not just a prayer life, man. Reading your Bible goes hand in hand with that. It's not just reading your Bible, it's praying. Matter of fact, I say this to you tonight, I would encourage you to pray before you read your Bible. And ask God, Lord, give me understanding. If you men lack wisdom, the book of James tells us, let's ask of God. God, as I read today, as I study today, God, would you help me understand what I'm going to study today? And I'm going to tell you something. There is a price to revival. There is a price to revival. um, There... I want to be careful, but I want to be obedient to the Lord at the same time. Serving God, there's a price to that. Some of you paid a price this weekend and came to church. You say, well, y'all didn't charge us to get in. No, it was way more than money. You gave your time to be at the house of God. Some gave up gave of themselves to prepare meals on Friday night after the service. We fed the preachers. Saturday after the service, we fed the preachers. Some of you give of your time even after service Saturday and after the meal and was here to 2 or 3 o'clock with Leslie and I cleaning everything up. Some of y'all was here late on Friday night cleaning the buildings back up, putting everything in order. You know what that is? That is the fire of God consuming our life. There's a price to revival. The reason so many never truly experience revival is because they're not willing to pay the price. They're just not willing to pay the price. It'll cost us something. Are we willing to sacrifice to see the power of God one more time like we have before. You that's been here, Miss Daniel, you come start playing softly. I'm going to give you one more point and we'll go home. You that's been here for eight or ten years, understand what I'm saying when I say, see the glory of God like we have one before. You understand what I'm saying. I've been in services on a Sunday night. There's so much God in it. I didn't even walk to the pulpit. You're so, it's, you're afraid to move. People testifying, people running to the altar, people making things right with each other. I'm afraid that we have got so comfortable. We've got so comfortable. We got finances now. Hey, I remember. Y'all remember. I remember begging God not for revival. I remember begging God for some money to pay the bills with. And we always paid them. Brother Robert, uh, he's got way more faith than me because he'd always say, well, preacher, it, it always comes in. 
yeah, but I'd like a little bit extra <laughs> so we could have a little cushion there. Are you with me? I remember we'd meet and beg God to fill the church up. I remember when we would meet and beg God to save some of y'all sitting in this building. And I'm afraid that we have become so comfortable now. Look around. Look around. Look at the financial report. Thank the Lord. But as of right now, um, probably... Miss Stephanie, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit this, I think, within reason, $135,000, $140,000 altogether in the bank. We've become comfortable because we got finances now. We've become comfortable because we got facilities now. Look around. Look at this place. You know what I heard over and over this weekend? Here's what I heard. This is the most beautiful building for a church that I've ever been in. Everything's in order. Everything's right. It's not cluttered up or way too many. They some, I, I, it ain't going to be this way here. They some, you can't even walk on the platform because there's so much stuff up there. It's clean. It's neat. Said the parking lot was blowed off. Matter of fact, Friday evening, I... It's probably 3, 34 o'clock. I looked up here. And Charles had the leaf blower going, was setting up cones, getting everything in order. People said, man, we just come right in. They showed us where to park at. Didn't have to look for a parking area. We have facilities now. We used to not have that, church. We have finances now. Watch this. We have fellowship now. What I mean by that is, Miss Vicky, I remember a time that we fasted and prayed for a youth group because we didn't have one. Now we've got all of this. I remember, I remember a time had one, maybe two, that could play the piano. And had nobody else that played instruments. We got the best musicians there is now. Listen to these guys and gals play up here. God's been good to us. God's blessed us. But if we're not careful, we'll become comfortable in that that might be the reason we're not seeing the fire like we once did. Let me show you one more thing. There's the person of revival, the prerequisite, the proof, the price. Then there's the proof. Or there's the purpose of revival. He said, and consume the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. You know what the purpose of revival is? The glory of God. That's the purpose of revival. It's to see the glory of God. Because the glory of God 
will change you. I can't change you. Me preaching can't change you. But the glory of God. You ever get in it one time? You ever get under the spout where the glory of God runs out? You'll never be the same. Here's what Moses said in Exodus 33 in in closing. He said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I got to studying that word beseech the other day. And here's what that word means in closing. Simply put, it's the beg. It's the beg. I wonder how long it's been since we begged him to see his glory. Since we begged him. You ever have your kids beg you for something to the point where it gets on your nerves? I'm not saying we get on God's nerves, okay? But we should try to get on God's nerves. Because we're begging Him. The purpose of revival, watch this, it's not to fill this building up. However, that'll be a product of it. The purpose of revival is not necessarily for souls to be saved. That'll be a product of it. The purpose of revival is for God not necessarily to add more people to our church. That'll be a product of it. The purpose of revival is one thing. Show me thy glory. God, I want to see your glory one more time. I ask you this as the invitation in closing. Would you join me in praying for God to give us revival one more time? For God to show up one more time. I don't take for granted what the Lord's done. I don't. I'm so thankful for it. But I don't want to get content in that. I, I, I don't want to get content in living with just a little glimpse of revival every once in a while. With one getting right every once in a while and one getting saved every once in a while. Boy, I want to see God move one more time. I want to see his glory one more time. Father is